In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. When the Church actually celebrates feast of one of the prophets, like today, usually the Church reads the chapter from Matthew 23, when God rebuked the scribes and Pharisees for their hypocrisy. Because the religious leaders of Israel, all the time they were attacking the prophets that God sent actually to lead people to repentance and to the way of righteousness. From the Old Testament, all the prophets were persecuted by the religious leaders of Israel. And during the time of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord himself was persecuted by the religious leaders of Israel. And the religious leaders of Israel are the ones who actually stirred up the congregation against the Lord Jesus Christ to demand his crucifixion and to cry and say, crucify him, crucify him. But how the people can, like religious leaders of Israel, can stir the people and influence them to uh, attack the prophets and kill them and even the Lord Jesus Christ himself who healed many people, who, was taught, uh, who taught in the synagogues, who was preaching the word of God, who raised people from the dead, how they were able to move the congregation against him and demand his crucifixion. The answer to this is hypocrisy. Hypocrisy. They appeared righteous to the people, but from within, they were wicked people. They were wicked and evil leaders, but they appeared righteous. And because of the righteous appearance, they were very influential and were able actually to influence the people in the wrong direction. That's why one of the most hated sins by God is the sin of hypocrisy. Uh, the second day after he entered Jerusalem uh, on Hosanna Sunday, the Lord was walking with the disciples and saw a fig tree. And this fig tree was full of leaves. And as they say, usually the fig tree, when it has leaves, it must have fruit. But when the Lord approached and looked at the fig tree, he did not find any fruit in it. So he cursed the fig tree. And many people say, why the Lord cursed the fig tree? The fig tree is a symbol of the nation of Israel. And the leaves is the external appearance that they are a fruitful nation. But indeed, they did not carry any fruit of righteousness, any fruit of the Holy Spirit. 
This is exactly the uh, meaning of hypocrisy. Hypocrisy, you appear righteous from outside. Like this tree, full of leaves, give you the impression that you will find fruits in it. But in reality, there is no fruit. People appear righteous from outside, but in reality, they don't carry any fruits. They have hidden agenda. One time the Lord said to the disciples, beware of the living of the scribe and Pharisees. They did not understand. Are you talking about the bread? And by chance, they had only one loaf of bread with them. So the Lord told them, are you not understanding until now? When I fed the five loaves, how many baskets did you carry? They told him, 12. And when I fed the 4,000, how many baskets did you carry? He told, they told him, 7. So the Lord told them, how you don't understand until now? I am not speaking about the bread, but he was speaking about hypocrisy. The living of the scribe and Pharisees is the sin of hypocrisy. Because if you have a small dough and you put in it living, it will be big. So it will give you the impression it is big, although in reality it's small. That's exactly hypocrisy. Give you a false impression that these people are righteous, but in reality they are fruitless. They are not righteous. Nowadays, many people actually use uh, beautiful words, but from within there is an evil agenda. For example, they use the word tolerance, the word love, the word acceptance, and they twist these words to influence and convince young generation to accept sinful behavior like homosexuality, like abortion, like transgenderism, like legalizations of drugs. And they are using these beautiful words, we need to love everybody, human rights, we need to defend the right of the minorities. We, they use words like acceptance, you need to accept everybody. What's wrong in transgenderism? Everybody has a right to choose his gender, etc., etc. And by these deceiving words, which full of hypocrisy, they are deceiving the uh, simple people. And they influence the people uh, just by their sweet talks. But in reality, it is an evil agenda and they are not serving God, but they are serving the devil because that is the agenda of the devil. In this chapter, the Lord Jesus Christ actually rebuked the scribe and Pharisees for their hypocrisy. And he mentioned several things about how their behavior is conducted in hypocrisy. For example, he told them uh, 
Woe to you, scribe and Pharisees, hypocrites. For you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. For example, when you visit a cemetery, you will find it beautiful from outside. Roses, green, beautiful. But from inside, it has dead men's bones. In the same way, the hypocrite looks ex exactly like this. From outside, he looks righteous. You will find him in the church praying. You will find him speaking verses from the scripture. You will find him serving. So you will see all these activities. But in reality, as the Lord said, from within, they are uh, full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. And lawlessness. Lawlessness means they don't follow the law of God. They don't apply the law of God in their life. And to some extent, each one of us has some element of hypocrisy. For example, we preach something, but we ourselves don't do it. Parents may ask the children not to lie, but they give themselves excused to lie. Parents or Sunday school servants may ask the children to pray uh, morning and night and to pray before uh, they eat and pray before um, studying, etc., etc. But in the same time, they don't uh, live the life of prayer. Actually, the Lord said to the scribe and Pharisees, for a pretense you make long prayers, for a pretense you make long prayer. What you scribes and Pharisees hypocrites, for you devour widows' houses, and for a pretense make long prayers. Therefore, you will receive greater condemnation. What does it mean for a pretense you make long prayers? When they pray in front of the people, or when they are visiting people, they make very long prayers. So the people will be impressed. They are righteous. See, they spend that time in prayer. But in reality, they don't actually uh, pray in their inner room. That's why the Lord, when he taught us about the prayer, he told us, go into your inner room and shut your door and pray secretly to your Father in heaven. And your Father in heaven, he will actually reward you openly. If you want to know whether you have element of hypocrisy or not, don't examine the time of prayer that you spend in the, in the church or publicly. But examine your prayer in your inner room. How time, how, how long time you spend in your inner room praying. And if you have time uh, to pray to God in your inner room, then 
you don't have hypocrisy. But if your prayers are only the public prayer with people and you don't spend any time in your inner room in prayer, then actually this is hypocrisy. Definitely uh, the solution is not to stop the public prayer, but the solution is to start praying your inner room. Another example that the Lord said, people who are very, very active in service, but they are doing this for wrong reason. The motive is not to glorify God. The motive can be showing off. The motive can be taking uh, praise from men, etc. For example, the Lord said to the scribe and Pharisees today, what you scribe and Pharisees hypocrites, for you travel land and sea to win one proselyte. Proselyte means a convert, a person who is converted to uh, Judaism. So they travel land and sea in order to win one, to convert him to Judaism. So they travel and go from place to place. But once they convert him and he starts to realize their hypocrisy, this person actually will, be, will drift away from God completely. He will feel that he is deceived. That's why the Lord told them, and when he is one, you make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Because they were stumbling blocks in the way of this person. And instead of seeing the fruit of the Holy Spirit in him, in them, he doesn't see any fruit of the Holy Spirit. So he will be offended. Or they teach him how to be hypocrite also. That's why the Lord told them, you will make him twice as much a son of hell as yourselves. Hypocrisy comes with another illness, spiritual illness, which is a spiritual blindness. A spiritual blindness. What do I mean by this? Usually, the hypocrite believes that he is righteous because from outside he appears righteous. So even he himself will believe that he is righteous and will fall in vainglory. That's why the Lord called them the blind guides, fools and blind. In Matthew chapter, uh, sorry, in John chapter 9, after the Lord healed the man who was born blind, he said to the scribes and Pharisees, if you were blind, you would not have any sin. But because we say, you say that we see, your sin remains. Means what? Means they were blind. They are spiritually blind. But they don't acknowledge their blindness. They say, we see. That's why their sins are not forgiven. If they admitted their weakness, if they admitted their hypocrisy, they wouldn't have any sin because they would repent. Uh, a person who is hypocritical, very difficult to admit his sin. Very difficult to say, I have sinned, forgive me. It's almost impossible. 
when actually you point something, they, uh, he, they argue and argue and argue to defend their righteousness. They are self-righteous. And when the Lord actually spoke parables about the scribe and Pharisees, the Bible tells us they knew that he had said this parable about them. Okay, what are you going to do? Instead actually of repenting, no, they start to conspire against the Lord Jesus Christ to kill him and to crucify him. That's why the Lord told them, you are spiritually blind, fools and blind. This spiritual blindness appeared in their application of the gospel. So they interpreted the verses of the scripture to serve their own greed and their own love of money. For example, the Lord gave them several examples. He told them, Woe to you blind guides who say, Whoever swears by the temple, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gold of the temple, he is obliged to perform it. So they say, they taught the people, and this false teaching, if you swear by the church, by the temple, it's nothing. You are not obliged to fulfill uh, your uh, swear. But if you swear with the gold, then you are obliged. What is the difference? They were materialistic people. So in their mind, the gold is more important than the temple itself. That's why they give the gold a higher uh, level than the, the temple itself. And the Lord rebuked them and told them, fools and blind, which is greater, the gold or the temple that sanctifies the gold. This gold, its value, not because it is gold, but the gold, its value, that it is in the temple, the temple that sanctifies the gold. So, but you are thinking about the materialistic value because of your greed and love of money. And another example, whoever swears by the altar, it is nothing. But whoever swears by the gift that's on it, he is obliged to perform it. The gift on it, uh, the sacrifices, the lambs, the cows, the... Uh, all the, the calves, all these sacrifices that offered, because they eat from these sacrifices. Again, their greed, love of money, gluttony, made them value the sacrifices more than the altar itself. And the Lord said to them, it is the altar who sanctifies the sacrifices. Not the exact, not the opposite. So, uh, the Lord told them, fools and blind, for which is greater the gift or the altar that sanctifies the gift? So, they, because of their gluttony, because of their uh, greed and love of money, they give value more to the materialistic, not the spiritual things, not to the altar, not to the temple, but to the animal sacrifices and to the uh, gold that's in the temple. Some people 
start to take this verse and say, what about the sacrifice in, uh, in the new covenant? We have on the altar, above the altar, the uh, body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, can we apply what the altar said, that, uh, what the Lord said, that the altar is greater than the sacrifice? Because the sacrifice here is not animal. It is the, the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And many of the church fathers answered this question and said, what is the true altar? What, what is the true altar? Who is the true altar? Actually, if you study the liturgy, the text in the liturgy, every time Abuna refers to this altar, actually, he calls it table. Table. For example, in the Thanksgiving prayer, when Abuna says, cast it away from us and from your, your people and from this table, from this table. And another uh, prayer, the fraction for the Feast of St. Mary and the angels, Abuna says, Behold, Emmanuel, our God, is with us today on this table. So every time Abuna refers to the altar, or what we call it altar, Abuna actually refers to it as table. But when he speaks about the altar, like in the litany for the oblation, he says, receive them upon your holy rational altar in heaven. Rational altar. So when we speak about altar, we are speaking about rational. Something that has mind, thinking, reason. So who is the altar? St. Cyril of Alexandria says that when the Lord took the bread, he took the bread and put it on his hand. And then he gave thanks and blessed it and sanctified it. So the true altar is the Lord Jesus Christ. This is a table. But the true altar is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why we even we say in the narrative, in the institution narrative, he took bread on his holy hands without blemish. Uh, so that is the altar, the hand of, of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what is the bread? The bread is us, the representation of us. So, uh, and I mentioned uh, several times before, uh, when actually I was uh, young and I, I used to spend some time in summer vacation in Upper Egypt, on Saturday evening, uh, the, the person who is making the urban used actually to go and visit all the houses of the believers to take a little amount of flour from each house. And from this flour, actually, he bakes the bread. Because the bread is the assembly of the believer. Then, when God actually took the bread and put it on his hand, and blessed it and sanctified, we turn it into his body. So we became the body of Christ.
So this bread that will change into the body of Christ is the church uh, assembled around the Lord Jesus Christ himself. That's why in the fraction, Abuna actually divide this one loaf of bread into 12 pieces, represent the 12 disciples, represent the congregation of the New Testament, and in the middle, the Lord Jesus Christ. So, now we understand the true altar is Christ himself. So, he took the bread, which is representation of us, and then this bread, he changed it into his body. So, we become his body by uniting with him. In this way, when the Lord said, it is the altar who sanctifies the offering, yes, indeed, it is the altar, the Lord Jesus Christ, the heavenly, rational altar in heaven, as we say in the litany for the oblation, he is the altar, and he actually changed us to be his body. Then we partake from this bread, which is the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, so, Sincere of Alexandria said, the Lord Jesus Christ is the high priest, is the sacrifice, and the altar in the same time. He is the high priest, and he is the altar, and he is the sacrifice because he offered himself. So, the, the message to all of us today is a warning from this sin, the sin of hypocrisy. We need actually to examine ourselves because each one of us has to some degree some element of hypocrisy. And we need to repent from this sin. We need to have integrity. We need to cleanse, as the Lord said, the inside of the cup and dish. You need to clean your heart from within, your spirit from within, your intentions, your conscience. And when actually we have pure heart, pure consciences, pure spirit, pure intentions, then the outward also will be beautiful. But if we pay attention how to appear righteous to the people outwardly, but inside we are full of lawlessness and sins, then we are hypocrites. We are fools and blind, as the, Lord said Jesus, as the Lord Jesus Christ said. Let us ask God to help us to cleanse our hearts, our minds, our thoughts, our intentions, to clean us from inside, so from outside will be also righteous. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.